You are listening to the Lifebox Media Channel, where you podcast. Please like and subscribe. Good morning. Welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel, where you podcast. It's my esteemed pleasure to have on. He's from the web series hit show, Nashville Dads Club. We have Philip Cordell on there. How are you today? What's up, Charlie? Great, man. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, buddy, thanks so much for coming on, man. I'll tell you what, I'm excited, man. I had a blast the other night. You know, you guys are a really awesome collective group of of talent, actors, writers, directors, and everything else, and uh, it really kind of seems like a little family. It is, man. That that's exactly right. We feel like a family, man, because we've you know we've been in the trenches now for a couple years, making some <laughs> cool uh, some cool episodic content, and and yeah, I'm glad you got that vibe too, man. I was great. I mean, you know, you know, showing up at you know Hollywood parties and things like that. And I've been to a bunch of them. When you go to these type, you know, parties, most times you know there's edginess there and there's some funness and there's whatever. And but everybody was there to have a good time and catch up and introduce themselves. And I mean, even like yourself, you walking around introducing yourself to everyone. I think that's really cool, man. It shows a lot out of you guys. Well, thanks, dude. Appreciate that, and, and glad you felt uh, felt welcomed, man. Because yeah, that is. I mean, again, you hit it, dude. It's it's a big old family here in the Nashville creative scene, uh, and we're we're trying to tear down any walls that exist between you know different production companies or creative groups or any of that stuff, man. And just you know, make it one big happy family. As a matter of fact, you you guys gave so much love out to other projects of other guys working on things. I think that's really cool as well. Now that you brought that up, because that doesn't normally happen too much. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I mean, that's that's by design. You know, we believe that a rising tide raises all ships, and uh, you know, and we're proud of our friends. They've made some really cool stuff too, man. I, I I dig that as well. Now, let me ask you a question: What got into the idea for you to want to be an actor and like a, a director and a writer? Oh man! So I have been acting since you know probably six or seven years old in church plays, and I, I just grew up. Uh, on stage, I just loved it, man. You know, felt felt the calling, and grew up singing in, in choir, and then that transition to the stage, and uh, grew up doing improv. And uh, at a certain point in my life, I reached a fork in the road where I'd been cast as Frederic in a, The Sound of Music uh, at the, the uh, Tennessee Performing Arts Center at TPAC here in Nashville. Wow. And it, uh, yeah, man, and well, and I was, you know, I guess I was 13 years old, and it it uh, was going to overlap with wrestling season. And, uh, and so I had a, a life altering choice to make. And so I'd go on to, you know, come in second place in the city that year in wrestling and have a, an illustrious high school wrestling career. But, you know, I always wondered what would have happened if I'd chosen to stay in the play and, uh, and, and continued on that path. So, you know, national dad's club, the pilot we shot before this Prince of pools, this is all just, an extension of me getting back onto that early passion track of my life. And it's funny because without giving out any spoilers, because it's in one of the previous episodes, that wrestling career thing kind of comes back around. <laughs> it does. That's right, man. We, we work in what we know, dude. And, you know, that, there's just something funny about, you know, to me, grown-ups doing real wrestling. Not not necessarily the, the you know, WWE or F, you know, show wrestling, but, like, real wrestling is kind of funny. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, but they could have taught you how to take a bump in that. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, no, it, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, and you have to, your creativity is such tongue-in-cheek in this, man. You know, did you guys, you know, you, you know, comedy is a rough thing. 
So taking yourself seriously, but having to take yourself seriously, how do you figure out the balance there, man? Because, I mean, it, it's funny, but you know there's somewhere where it doesn't always translate into the camera, which you guys most times did. Yeah, well, we've. Uh, I'm thankful that, you know, Danny Dones uh, directed the, the episodes here for, for Dad's Club, for National Dad's Club, and he and I have got a great creative partnership, and there's a lot of trust there. Uh, you know, we also co-write most of the episodes and so we'll just sit at a coffee shop and make each other you know we won't stop until we're both practically rolling on the floor laughing saying that's some funny that's funny that's funny stuff now how do we get that on on screen and it's just so uh fulfilling you know to know that we were sitting in you know caliber coffee over in donaldson or something and then two months later you see it up on screen or you see it getting a response uh from the community at large and just thinking yeah man i remember exactly where we were when we had that thought uh, and, and to see it kind of take its final form is, is really enriching. I mean, that's why we do what we do, you know? Right. Now, legitimately, are all you guys dads? Uh, yes, the three actors, myself, Rashad, and Dean, are all actual Nashville dads. Very cool, very cool in that. Yeah. Now, you can't what... fake that. <laughs> <laughs> no, brother, you earn, your, you earn your stripes on that, man. Yeah. Um, yeah I raised five, so I understand oh, that. You um, know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now I'm doing around the other part as a grandpa, so, you know. But yeah, I mean, wait, cool. wait, wait till you get to that part. That's, that's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I let believe me tell, it, man. Let me tell you something. The, the cool thing is about the show is you guys kind of bring in real life, and then you edit it a little bit, you know, for some humor and everything else. But you look at things that people, you, you didn't really tap dance around stuff. You kind of really, just kind of really go at it. Something some people would legitimately experience bullying or whatever. But at the same time, then you put a little spin to it to put a little bit of comedy on it, on it. Where did that come from? I think that that's what comedy does so well is helps us accept some tough universal truth. You know, you don't want to just sit around and talk about feeling bullied as a kid, but it's, you know, we've all, at least speaking for myself, have have had those feelings at some point. And, uh, and so the, you know, with the wrestling episode, for instance, with my buddy, Jaron Johnson, who's a hit songwriter here in town and the, the lead singer of the Cadillac three, uh, we, uh, grew up wrestling and, and, uh, you know, we both were successful. And so you just assume that out there, there might be somebody that thinks, you know, that, that sees the story of their life differently than we see the story of our life, you know? And so what, to them, you know, in, in our case, in our episode, what to this dude was just another day, uh, you know, to, to my opponent was just another day pinning some random dude. To me, it was a life altering event, you know, that shaped the way I saw myself and the world around me and created trust issues and all these things, you know. Uh, and I think that's a real life thing. You know, that's a, a real occurrence that, that we encounter uh, the, these little circumstances that shape who we are as people. Uh, and so, I'm, you know, we're looking for those nuggets of truth, man. And then we're taking them and amping them up by a hundred to, to find the funny on them. You know, I think that that's kind of the recipe that we've cooked up is let's take a universal uh, feeling or dad situation and then amp it way up there uh, into ridiculous territory. I like that. I mean, I know you were you were a legit shooter, amateur wrestler. Did you have a lot of guys bully you as a kid? Uh I mean, I had a few until, you know, you know, what's interesting to that may be why I started wrestling because I was always the skinny kid, you know, like the lanky kid that, you know, I didn't grow up doing martial arts or anything. And so I got, I got pushed around a little bit. I definitely got 
my tail kicked a couple times growing up in East Nashville as I did. Uh, and so, yeah, man, there was a little bit of that. Uh, and then when I became, you know, a wrestler or whatever, I, I vowed to myself to not be the, the a-hole and not be that guy to other people, you know? I like that, you know, because, because you knew where, you knew where it was, you knew where it came from, you know how you felt. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think absolutely. that's a good lesson in that as well. Um, now, as far as the fact of what did you think of when all of a sudden you guys started off on this show, this web series, and all of a sudden you started getting, you know, 100,000, 500,000 views, hit a million views, hit two million, over 2 million views. What did you guys think, man, when all of a sudden you click on that deal and you go, holy jeez. Well, it's uh, it's very rewarding to think that, that we're tapping into something that, that is resonating with people. You know, there's so much content out there, yeah. period. There's so much stuff, right? And some of it's just a one-liner joke. Some of it's, you know, uh, disposable. You know, no, no offense to anybody out there doing what they love to do, but a lot of it to me feels disposable. And so, Agreed. you know, we felt... Yeah, right. So we felt it was a little bit of a risk to go more narrative, you know, to make something that looks like TV, but put it out there on social channels. Uh, and so, yeah, it was just it felt really rewarding when people started to uh, respond to it and, you know, to, to, to get the response that we've gotten now on season two, especially uh, has just I mean, it's been great, man. It's, it's what you hope for, but you don't really know if it's going to happen until it happens. Right. We've all had creative projects that were like, this is it. And I'm going to put it out there and my life's going to change. And then you put it out there and it's, you know, maybe it's a thing for a week or two. And, and then, you know, six months later, your family's like, yeah, whatever happened with that album? They're like, yeah, it, it's out there, <laughs> you know, uh, especially in Music City. We've all got those stories, man, about putting out a, a record or something, you know. Right. And well, so, and I'm, uh, I'm ask you, yeah. What kind of music did you play, man? So I grew up uh, doing kind of a fun hip hop, uh, like one man show thing. So I, uh, I would make videos and I would show those on a projector behind me. Uh, I would produce the music and then I would rap over it. And it was, you know, just, just kind of like you get today from me. It was pretty happy-go-lucky kind of laid back fun stuff. You know, it wasn't anything too, uh, too hardcore or anything, but um, yeah, man, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. You know, I've been on stage my whole life. And so, and that, that was probably my, my most recent endeavor. Prior to that, I was in a, a band that was a little more hard rock. You know my thirteen, fourteen, fifteen-year-old self, <laughs> and that, yeah, man, and we were we were headbangers, and you know played all the the spots in Nashville. We played Lucy's Record Shop, and you know played uh, Exit In, and and a, a bunch of really historic places here in town. Yeah, uh, saw, so I yeah, saw, man, I saw that yeah. on your bio, and and believe me, whether it be rap or or heavy metal headbanger, when you look at Philip, you never judge a book by their cover. <laughs> right, right. Because you don't look like yeah, a headbanger. You, 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 you're not. You, you don't look like the everyday rapper. You know, you, you don't look like Kid Rock. You don't look like uh, you know Eminem. You don't look like you know Megadeth. Sure. You know, <laughs> either which way around it, man. You, you're not. You, you don't fit in. You just look like an everyday dad. Yeah. Thanks. I think, man. You know, <laughs> that's which, a compliment. You know. That is a compliment, yeah. brother. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'll so, take I mean, it. So, so who was like your inspiration as a singer growing up that you looked at and said, yeah, man? Man, I grew up in the grunge era. So Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, I loved. And of course, Nirvana, uh, you know, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. And then when Rage Against the Machine came through, that, that changed things <laughs> for me in a big way. Because I loved rap anyway. And I loved, you know, hard music, you know, hard rock. Right. And, and when, when Rage came out, man, we were... 
my, our band just started covering everything off that first album. That was like, we were basically a you know a Rage Against the Machine knockoff band, and uh, and we had a blast doing it, man. And yeah, it was in, you know it was intense. I brought an intensity to that music that when I watched some of those tapes, the, you know, now I'm like, wow, where does that? I guess that's that. 14-year-old angst coming out, you know? Yeah, where's all that energy I wish I had right now? <laughs> I know. Well, I know where that went. That went to my kids going to bed at, you know, for, you know, midnight and get, getting up at 5 a.m. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I was going to segue that, but you you just walked with that. I knew where that was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, now yep. let me ask you a question on your music part. What would be your guilty pleasure that no one would guess that you'd listen to? Um... I've always had very eclectic tastes, and so although I love, you know, the hard, socially conscious music of Rage Against the Machine or of, you know, some hip hop stuff like Wu Tang Clan or right. you know Tribe Called Tribe Called Quest, I also love like they might be giants, you know, like kind of silly, fun pop, you know, pop type music right. that uh, you know, that isn't doesn't have some deep underlying message. It's just fun music. So I'd say probably that. And, you know, I mean, the other thing is that although I dig in the crates for unheard stuff, you know, and like to be a, a connoisseur of music, I, I'm also a, an avowed pop music fan. You know, I mean, if, if there's I think when I was younger, I had a real chip on my shoulder about music that became popular thinking, oh, it's dumbed down for the masses. But I think if it makes people happy and, uh, you know, and as an artist myself, if somebody has found a way to resonate with an audience, like, good for you. There's got to be something there, you know? Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, man, so pop music in general, I think, you know, although I've been, uh, you know, a little behind the times the past probably five years or so. Um, yeah, we, I grew up on that all? stuff. Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Uh, I know. Yeah, no, no, that, 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 that's cool. Now, as is acting's concerned, was there anybody that you really looked up for, looked, looked up to as an actor that you said, man... That's kind of got the ticket there. I want to kind of be like him. Yeah. Well, you know, shout out to my parents uh, who did a fantastic job raising me. And my dad is, is a movie buff. He's a, you know, so we were watching On the Waterfront, you know, wow. as early back. Yeah, as I can remember watching Brando, you know, watching uh, Hitchcock movies, you know, back then, you know, North by Northwest and Vertigo. And like, he just loved watching classic movies. And so he brought me up on that. And, and, you know, once I got a little older and was introduced to, to De Niro, you know, to Scorsese, De Niro stuff, man, that that was kind of my guy, you know, for, right. for a long time. It was always Bobby De Niro. Yeah, um, yeah man. And, uh, you know, as, I, as I've continued to grow, it's shifted a little bit. There's just there's a lot of people doing a lot of great work now, man, as I know, you know. Absolutely, man. You know, my, my, my kids uh, all grew up as, you know, it's a funny thing. Music and movies, they all have a great taste, an eclectic taste, but a great taste in yeah. all the above, which I'm very proud of. Um, let me ask you a question now. When it comes to you guys writing and directing, uh, Nashville Dads, tell me a dad that you would love to have from maybe a hometown boy here or somebody who lives here now, you know, celebrity-wise or whatever else that you would love to have on Nashville Dads. That's funny you should ask, because you know I've got a list, Chuck. <laughs> I've got a list for when we get picked up, man, so you know, so we can start having our casting director reach out to Jack White, for instance. You know, Jack Jack White's in town. He's a dad. Uh, Derek Henry is a dad. Yeah. You know, there's some, some folks in that realm. Uh, Keith Urban, obviously, is, is a dad. And yeah. uh, 
you know, and I, I think he's married to somebody that, that could, you know, could be on the show too. If she had a minute, you know, we'd, we'd take her too. Yeah, uh, Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman. Kidman. We, yeah. we could make an exception for her. <laughs> yeah, you know what, we would, we would be a mom if we could land Nick, you yeah, know. No problem, um, yeah, I, I dig it, I dig it. Um, where did, where did, speaking of music, by the way, on the other side of that, where did the music scores come from? Who does the music on, in, in the scores for uh, Nashville Dads? Yeah, great question. Uh, Bill Mitchell is a local uh, sound mixer, primarily. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's so he's on he's on set, he's mixing sound remotely, or he's you know boom hopping or whatever. But uh, he's super talented, full time professional. You know, in in TV and film, but like so many of us in the industry, you know, has our you know have our eyes set on maybe other aspects. And and so what what we try to do uh, is give opportunities to our friends to kind of grow into the roles that that you know they're not currently working in and right. so that look yeah so that looks like maybe a a second ac getting the shot as first ac you know as, as cam op or as assistant cam op uh and in this case bill mitchell you know uh mixed the show for us he did post sound hunter vickers was our, our on-set sound mixer uh so bill mixed it in post and then he got to uh, compose all of the original music, man, and he just did a stellar job with, uh, you know, with really finding the right tone. I, you know, I just told him I'm looking for something kind of funky. You know, I want something funky and and fun. Uh, and he has found a way to find sixteen, you know, at least sixteen new ways to do that. Right, two two eight <laughs> episode seasons, and every episode he's got a, a new jam, and man, he's just keeps knocking it out of the park and i just i actually just before this call emailed him because somebody on youtube was asking specifically where can i find this music i want to i want to hear this music is it available online or something so that's what hey that's a compliment to everybody right on that one right that's what i and i was like man this you know we're on to something we may have to put out a soundtrack yeah that's that's really cool you, you would you would you be uh part of that you think yeah oh absolutely man i mean i you know i I would be part of it in that I will facilitate it happening and make sure that it land. You know, I'd EP it right. I'd make sure it got out there and, right. and needs to be where it is. But I'd still want to put all the shine on Bill because it's his work, man, and he just did such a phenomenal job with it. I like that. I like that. I like that. It's good rub. Um, now let me ask you a question now, uh, and I, or I might want to make a statement because I got I got to tiptoe around this one. So I don't know when it's going to air, but your last episode we all saw, which is phenomenal. And everything else. I just wanted to compliment you on that episode, uh, the finale episode, and and I'll let you uh, you know address that another day if you'd like. But I mean, it was phenomenal, and I loved it. It was one of my favorites, by the way. Yeah, the one uh, with Doug, the babysitter. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's become a bonus episode, uh, and it was it is a phenomenal episode. It was going to kick off. Uh, the season, and you know, it's the the premise is that we've got a very unorthodox uh, babysitter who's who's a, a you know off the boat transplant from Russia, right. and uh, we sh- you know we shot it back in in October prior to you know anything breaking out across the world, uh, and and then when circumstances led where they did, you know, we thought just just in the case of being sensitive, we would never want anybody to think we were trying to capitalize on the situation or anything like that. Um, so yeah, so we're sitting on it for now, man. And, and really it's not, you know, I don't believe it to be offensive. No. Period. Right. I mean, that's everybody who's seen it. They're like, Oh, okay. I guess I hear what you're saying, but I didn't really see that. And I think that that's true. So it, this is just a, an abundance of caution thing. Class and, you know, and, and respect for that. 
But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be one of those ones that when it gets out there, I think it's going to pop hard. It's going to be great because it's, it's hilarious, man. It is absolutely hilarious. And Thanks. Yeah, shout out to Henry Haggard there. He's a, a professional actor here in Nashville who plays Doug in that episode, and he just crushed it as he does everything, man. <laughs> kids weren't shabby either, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dude. Right? Those, those are my kids. I'm put, are put they the really? Kids in the picture. Yeah. I put, yep. Oh, put big shout picture. out to your kids. <laughs> yeah, man. Yep. I mean, well, so- and the other the other kids are, are paid actors, and for the people playing my kids, I'm like, man, I got two kids right here. Let's see if they're... You know, if they want to come out and play, you know, you'll get ice cream. Shut up! No, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, I'm funny yeah. you, but anyway. But now, now talk to me because today is the season finale, man. Second season finale. Talk to me a little bit about it. What you can you share? So it's uh, it's part two of a, of a you know this is our first time doing a two parter, and we were looking for a way to make it really cinematic. You know, when we love. Uh, the show Narcos, you know, we love, um, you know, Scarface and all these drug movies. And so the the general premise here of our two-part season finale is that, you know, I'm a coffee connoisseur and am and, and so snobby that I can't just buy my coffee at Whole Foods or Kroger. I've got a, a I got the hookup jar, you know. Uh, so I, I got a, a kind of shady feeling guy that stops by and, and uh, conducts what feels like a drug. Kind yeah, of. <laughs> uh, and that that was Justin Torrance who, who played uh, who plays the dealer, and he just again did a stellar job, man. Just uh, and so uh, we call him over. I think I've been shorted in in the exchange, uh, and so we make it a point. So that's part one, and in part two, we make it a point to seek out the source. You know, in every great drug movie, there's the runners, and then somewhere there's the kingpin. And so we seek out the kingpin El Diablo um, at, at, at his uh, mansion, Riverside Mansion Estate. And that's, that's the, the epic finale. It really does look different. I mean, all of our episodes, I'm proud to say, look like TV and look good. Yeah, they and do. I'd say this, yeah, man, this takes it a step up. You know, we were very mindful of the cinematography, trying to make it look more cinematic. Um, you know, so even a step above just good single cam TV, let's see if we can make it look like a, you know, almost a film so so that's what we did man and and uh i'll I'll let people check out the finale to see how it ends but it's a good little nashville twist on who el diablo is revealed to be now that uh, shot here yeah that was shot here in nashville really i was trying to figure i'll be doggone i figure out the neighborhood so (laughs) yeah that's over it well you know there's a part of east nashville that backs right up to the cumberland right back onto the cumberland river right uh and, and that was shot in a home that that overlooked the river there oh so you were the rich guy that had the home huh <laughs> oh, no, i don't know about that <laughs> no it's really nice i mean it's really cool i'm, I'm fun with you you know that but i mean you know uh, I, I mean, you know, it, it's really cool. And well, I figured your kids were in it, so you just did it at the house, right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, the the kitchen that we shot uh, part one in, that's my house. And uh, right. and then a bunch. And what I love about that uh, episode is that you can see out my glass back door to the shred shack in the backyard, which in season one, we had Mr. Monch end up on the shred shack. And then our, <laughs> our biggest our biggest episode from season one was like the at-home fitness uh, situation where where Dion the trainer comes in and trains us up in the shred shack, so it's kind of a callback, uh, you know, seeing that in the background right. of, uh, of season two. Yeah, man. 
And and, and I, I have to give props to your baseball one, man, the Little League baseball, because anybody who's ever been a parent has been in all those positions. Coach, right. parent, umpire, player, you know, the whole deal of it is. And, and, and the little guy that uh, – Played in it, guy. I, I think I, I think it was dad's name's Curtis. Uh, was it? Um, yes, um, his dad's name Curtis, and his name's Ladon Williams. Ladon. Yep, and he's a, he's an actor. Yeah, Ladon. Yeah, wonderful kid. And I liked him, and I talked to him in person. Matter of fact, we're gonna get him on the show. But uh, it was it was really really cool. And you know, uh, you said that was. I know somebody asked you in the crowd, not to mention any names, uh, asked you in a crowd about that. So uh, you know, you want to share with the audience that. The little league part, just to sit there, you know, because a lot of parents have been through that kind of deal. To where you got the inspiration yeah. from that? Yeah. Well, Danny kind of took the lead on that, uh, and and his take on it was, you know, he was that kid that that uh, wasn't that great in, in organized sports, and so they were always looking for a place to put him. You know, <laughs> he got promoted promoted to to uh, equipment manager. You know. <laughs> And that that just seemed like a really funny take on youth sports. That you know, there's always at least one or two kids that you can tell either aren't enjoying it or don't have the skill set or whatever. But you can't just you can't just say that, right? Because right, <laughs> right, that would right, that right. would crush them. So it, it we came up with a funny angle here where the where the baseball coach is trying to convince the dad to. Uh, you know, to, to take his boy out, you know, he said, what, you know, some of the lines are, what, how would you feel if I dressed up another kid like junior and had him play twice? You I know, love, uh, look at the playing yeah. time he get, look at all the playing time he get. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And, we, and you know, and it's called the episode's called, I couldn't legally do that. And that's from the line where we say, are you trying to kick junior off the team? And he says, no, I, I couldn't legally do that. But if you want a refund, you know, I got cash. I've got cash right here in my pocket. Yeah, um, man. You know, trying, trying to pay him off. Yeah, and and, you, and and sometimes sometimes it's the parent and the kid doesn't want to do it. Sometimes it's just the other way around. But you know, we've all whether you've been a coach, definitely been through it. Then I know that, and or a parent yep. or whatever. But I mean, it just it's just funny because little league's just one of those things. It's 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 I, I don't discourage it, but it's just one of those worlds of its own. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I think it can be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it can be very enjoyable too. But I'm just saying, is I think that you guys did a great job, kind of, you know, taking the other side of it. You always see the great story of, oh, the kid hit three home runs like Babe Ruth. Well, then all of a sudden you get the other kid. It's like, uh, yeah, where's the ball at? <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's probably way more prevalent, right? That there's only right. one kid who's the who's the future superstar, and there's a whole bunch of kids that are just kind of going through the motions and having the experience, and that's fine. It's just kind of, let's throw out some representation for everybody, you know. Right, exactly. I I I, I coached all my kids. I watched a kid take off in t-ball. He went he, he went from home base to, to third base, and you know he he hit the ball great, but went the wrong way. Dad's having a stroke. I thought it was the funniest damn thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> he took uh-huh. off for third, man. You know, go get it, kid. Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. there quick. Beat everybody to the punch. You know. That's funny, but dude. I mean, yeah, but no, it's it's really. I mean, I think you guys really have something cool here. Um, I'm I'm glad that I got to be a part of uh, coming in and covering it and and having you on the show because I think that uh, you know, by the way, your product value is very good. Like you said, it doesn't look Thanks, like man. it doesn't look like you just shot it in the back of your yard, you know, with the old camcorder and you know did it. You guys really did a nice job with. You know, backgrounds and and production and sound and and visual quality. Um, it doesn't look like you guys just did a web series here and blah blah blah. You know, nothing yeah. against it. It looks like you guys really worked your butts off to make it look good. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, dude, we, I appreciate that greatly as the producer. And, you know, we brought in talented people. We brought in uh, Madison Braun to run the art department. And that makes a difference. You know, when you have a professional who's got an eye on the background and an eye on all the props and, you know, is breaking down the script to make sure that we have what we need on the shoot day. I mean, it's, you know, again, man, really, this is this is a, a small test for us to kind of proof a concept that we can make, you know, give us a budget. We'll, we'll give you a TV quality show, you know, from the writing to the, to the look, you know, across the board. We can do this here in town. Uh, and so that was that's our intent with this uh, with this project, man, to show that we can do it. And you guys got uh, recognized by Nashville Film Festival. We did, yeah, yeah. Uh, season one got to got accepted into the uh, the festival and and aired there. And and we're just huge fans of of what they do at the Nashville Film Festival for our community. Uh, you know, and we're we're stoked to be uh, to be in the mix with them. You know, and, and it's a, a mutually beneficial relationship for everybody for all the creators right. in nashville you know to, to support and be supported by our film festival so yeah we, we love what they do over there and uh, appreciate their support what uh so is there are we looking at a season three after this so that's the that's the question man you know the intention with this was always to create a show uh that would serve as ip you know intellectual property underlying mm-hmm. uh project to, to then develop into a you know twenty two or thirty minute uh, single cam comedy show, right? That could be on a streamer or on broadcast. Right. And so, so yes, my my instincts tell me there will be a season three, but uh, you know I'm not I'm not sure yet if that's going to come in the form of what we're currently shopping around and looking for, which is a development deal. You know, can we sell this again as as IP? And uh, you know, we made as as I mentioned, we made a pilot a few years ago and it was great and it looked good and people said yeah this is cool but you guys are just some no-name kids out of nashville without you know without any credits yeah who, uh, who'd but, you ever be yeah nobody yeah thanks right for yeah exactly exactly there's a there's a million people in front of you in line you know so and I, what i also hear often in our industry is people want to get on a moving train right. you know and so i've got some friends in la that they their sole goal as producers is to set set up IP to option, you know, identify an option IP and then get it set up with other production companies. So, you know, we set out to create that underlying property, you know. And so that's what we've done here with the first two seasons and season three, I think could either turn into that, which, which we were kind of hoping for, or it might look like it's exactly like it looks now in terms of format and length. And maybe we pick up some, some corporate sponsors here in town. I think there's a decent chance that, that that's how that plays out as well. Uh, thankfully we've had the success now that, you know, we're turning into a known commodity that people want to be associated with. So I feel great about our prospects with, uh, with this project. And then we've got a feature film that we're going into pre-production on, uh, pretty much almost immediately. It's May into May. We're going to, you know, we're going to start in July and, and we'll be shooting by, uh, October. You know, so. come back on and talk about it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll come on and set, get some footage. Dude, we would love to have you on set, Char. That's that's fantastic. We love that. Now, let me ask you a question. If, if there's one thing you want to take to share with our listeners uh, about Nashville Dads Club, what would it be? Uh, it would be that we're incredibly proud of our city. We feel like we're living in a very unique time here in Nashville where we're experiencing this explosive population growth. And, and we're trying to represent the dads from here in Nashville, but also all over the place that have moved to Nashville. 
You know, it's not just a country music town. Obviously, we're proud of our country roots. Right. But we've got a lot more, yeah, we've got a lot more as a city to offer. And what we're looking to do is kind of showcase the, the bad life experience of all these other millions, literally millions of people living here in this very unique time and place in Nashville. And, uh, and so we, we hope we're doing a service to everybody that lives here, and, and we hope we're giving a glimpse into our lives for people all over the world that, that know that Nashville is, is the place to be right now. I was up in Manhattan a couple weeks ago, and when people hear you're from Nashville now, it's, oh, man, that's cool. I've been trying to get there. I'm looking for a reason. And <laughs> 10 years ago, it was, what? Oh, you mean the country music place, you know? Right. Uh, well, there's more movie stars so and TV stars live here than doing in Hollywood now. <laughs> exactly, dude. And that's, you know, that's part of our strategic value add is there's, you know, a lot of access to people that want a project that they can go to and make their scale, you know, make their rate and then go home and sleep in their own bed. And, and we think we can provide that uh, that opportunity here in Nashville. Dude, I know a lot of people in Hollywood, if you sit there, turn around, or, or even here in Nashville, and say, man, I can get up, I can go to work for eight, ten hours a day, and I can go home, sign me up for it, they're saying, you know, I mean, yep. they'd yep. much rather do that, you know, who have already made their names and everything else. I mean, it, it's 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 a nice day at the office when you can come home on from a film set and you, and you sleep in your own bed. Yeah, absolutely it is. Exactly. Now, now, now I want I want to say this quick. By the way, in your episodes, what's your longest episode? Uh, our longest episode is about five and a half minutes. See, most you, of them run three to five. Yeah, you can binge this, guys, in no time. Look, this has got a thirty minute or all over it. You know, on a sitcom thing or whatever else it is. They're showing us dads we're not perfect. Believe it or not, <laughs> right, not, right, not perfect. But you can binge this. Have a good time, laugh, identify with it, and want more. And I think that's the biggest thing, man. I think you, you're you going to end it with everybody wanting more. That's the hope, right? That's the great trick that I think everybody in TV and film tries to pull off, you know, is, is a satisfying conclusion and left wanting just a little bit more. So that's, that's absolutely our goal, man. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I'm going to counter you on that. I don't think it's a trick, dude. I think you guys actually have accomplished it. So uh, I think that you're well, legitimately going to want more. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Where can everybody find the show on social media and, you know, go watch it today or tomorrow, the next day? We all want everybody yeah. to tune in today, but when do we want everybody to watch it and where and how come? Yeah, uh, so it's, it launched this morning on YouTube, and so we've got a YouTube channel, we've got it up on Facebook, and we've got it on Instagram, on IGTV, uh, and all of those are at Nashville Dads Club. So we're real easy to find, and, uh, and we, you know, we're just trying to put it out there everywhere and, and meet the people where they are, Char. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, i got 67 countries, active listeners. I want everybody to go check out Nashville Club, Nashville Dads Club, excuse me, I'll get it right yet, and I'm looking right at it. Nashville Dads Club. And uh, Philip Cordell, where can everybody find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at philip.cordell. Uh, and then I'm usually the man behind the accounts uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram for our at Nashville Dads Club account uh, there as well. So if you happen to DM the account, it'll probably be me that hits you back. You guys make sure to go and like and subscribe to all their social media. They're really cool. And you guys actually get back to everybody. I was going to ask you that, but you guys actually do get back to people. I see the answers back and forth from you guys. Yeah, yeah, man. We're I mean, we appreciate that people take the time to check our stuff out, right? 
we're not so jaded to, to take it for granted that, oh, yeah, we make cool stuff and people will just show up. Like, we appreciate everybody that watches. So if you're out there considering giving us a watch, uh, please do, and, and we will appreciate it. And, and if you dig it, let us know, and we'll, we'll hit you back. I like that one last thing, Philip. By the way, go check out their merch. Nashville hot yogurt, that is just badass. <laughs> yeah, dude. We're, we, you know, we, there's, there's a world where our merch takes off above and beyond the show, right? Because it's just some funny stuff, dude. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, if you guys go on, check out NashvilleDadsClub.com forward slash shop for their merchandise because it's really cool. And uh, you understand it. After you watch the episodes, you understand all about the merchandise. Man, thank you so much for taking the time, Philip. It's been a, it's been really cool visiting with you. I appreciate it, but I got to get this episode out today, which I don't normally do. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all good, man. And dude, thank you for having us on, and thank you for joining us at the party. It was a real treat to get to meet you, and we appreciate uh, what you add to to the TV and film community, and the entertainment community, man. So thanks for doing what you do, man. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you and your cast, and and uh, Alex and Michelle, Michelle and Alex. Uh, yep. you know, as well, your PR people, they were wonderful. And, uh, you know, to, to sit there, you know, and I, I believe it's pitch candy PR, by the way. Um, yep. thank yep. you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Please stay in touch and please come back on and, and, and keep us abreast of what's going on in the future. Yeah, I will do, man. Hope to see you on set sometime soon. Absolutely. Lifebox Media Channel. Go check out Nashville Dads right now today. Philip Cordell, thank you so much. Lifebox Media Channel, we are out.